This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 362. So in today's episode, Nikon hits back hard with their new hybrid Z8 mirrorless camera. But before I get into that, I wanted to give an update on the 10,000 subscriber contest I had running on my YouTube channel. The channel has reached 10,000 subscribers, a little bit more like 10,120. And I wanted to thank every one of you for subscribing, but we did not have any legitimate contest entries for the Viltrox AF 75mm f1.2 Pro lens. Now, the contest rules stated that in order to win, you had to have a valid email address attached to your account so I could email you that you won and the few that entered the contest did not have an email address attached to their account, at least not one that I could retrieve. Now, maybe I don't have enough of an audience that shoots Fujifilm, so not, not enough people were interested in an X-mount lens. So maybe for the next contest, I'll give away some lighting gear or a tripod or maybe a B&H gift card so the winner can then buy whatever they want that is photography-related. We'll see. But for the time being, we didn't have a winner for the 10,000 subscriber giveaway. So I guess nobody wanted a Viltrux 75 millimeter lens that badly. Or like I said a moment ago, maybe my audience just does not contain enough Fujifilm shooters. So moving on to today's episode, I wanted to talk about the new Nikon Z8 mirrorless hybrid camera which has been widely popular since it was released, with many stores selling them like hotcakes. But what is making this body so popular? Well, a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that this new body has most of the features and capabilities of the more expensive Z9, but at a discount of $1,500 when compared to the Z9. So let's look at the key specs for this new camera and this information comes from B&H Photo. So let's do the rundown here. Um, okay, so first of all, we have the sensor, uh, well, the lens mount is an Icon Z, of course. The sensor resolution is 52.37 megapixels. The effective is 45.7 megapixels, or 8256 by 5504. Now, the image sensor is a 35.9 by 23.9 millimeter full-frame CMOS sensor. It does have in-body image stabilization with sensor shift 5-axis. There are no built-in ND filters, and the type of capturing it's capable of is both stills and video. Now, for the exposure control, shutter type is electronic. Shutter speed is 1 thousandths of a second to 30 seconds and 0 to 900 seconds in manual mode. Now, it does also have bulb mode. The ISO sensitivity for photo and video is ISO 64 to 25,600, and you can extend it to ISO 32 
to 102,400. The metering method is center-weighted average, highlight-weighted, matrix, and spot. Now, for exposure modes, we have aperture priority, manual, program, and shutter priority. With the exposure uh, compensation, we have minus 5 to plus 5 EV in one-third or one-half EV steps. The metering range is minus 3 to plus 17 EV. For the white balance, we have 2,500 to 10,000 Kelvin with presets for auto, cloudy, custom, direct sunlight, flash, fluorescent, incandescent, pre uh, preset manual, and shade. Now, for the continuous shooting, the electronic shutter is capable of up to 20 frames per second of 45.7 megapixels for up to 1,000 frames raw, and up to 30 frames per second of 45.7 megapixels for unlimited frames JPEG only, and up to 60 frames per second at 19 megapixels, and up to 120 frames per second if you want to crop down to 11 megapixels. Now, I didn't touch on it a moment ago, but this camera does have an electronic shutter only. There is no mechanical shutter. Now, does it have interval recording? Yes, it has a self-timer of 2, 5, 10, and 20 second delay. Now, for still image capture, you can do image sizes of 3 to 2, and that's, uh, we have 8256 by 5504. You can do 6192 by 4128 or 4128 by 2752. The aspect ratio is 1 to 1, 3 to 2, or 16 by 9. Image file format is JPEG and RAW. It does not do DNG or HEIF. Bit depth is 14 bit. Now for the video capture, we have internal recording modes at H.265, 422, 8, and 10 bit with UHD 8K 760. 7680 by 4320 at 24, 25, 30 frames per second, all at 300 to 400 megabits per second transfer speed. We have UHD 4K 3840 by 2160 at all of the same frames per second, as well as 50, 60, 100, and 120 frames per second. And that can transfer at 150 to 400 megabits per second. Then we have 1920 by 1080p at 24, 25, 30, 50, 60, 100, 120 frames per second at 50 to 190 megabits per second. Now the camera is capable of ProRes 422, HQ422 10-bit. The UHD 4K is 3840 by 2160 at 24, 25, and 30 frames per second and 1920 by 1080 at 50, 60, 100, and 120 frames per second. For H.264, 4.420 8-bit, you got 1920 by 1080 at 24, 25, 30, 50, 60, 100, and 120 frames per second at 30 to 50 megabits. You have raw 12-bit, 8256 by 4644 at 24, 25, 30, 50, and 60 frames per second. And you have the exact same frames per second for 5392 by 3032, 4128 by 2322. Now, 4128 by 2322, you do also have the addition of 100 and 120 frames per second. 
And at 34 or 3840 by 2160, you can do 100 and 120 frames per second at 1260 to 3020 megabits per second. ProRes RAW HQ 12 bit, you have 5392 by 3032 at 24, 25, and 30 frames per second. You got 4128 by 2322 at the same frames per second, as well as uh, 60 and 50. And then you have 3840 by 2160 at 50 and 60 frames per second. Now, for external recording modes, uh, HDMI is the output. You have UHD 8K 7680 by 4320 at 24, 25, and 30 frames. UHD 4K 34 or 3840 by 2160 at 24, 25, 30, 50, 60, 100, and 120 frames per second. You have 1920 by 1080p at 24, 25, 30, 50, 60, 100, and 120 frames per second. You got 1920 by 1080i as well as 1280 by 720. Now, the sensor's crop modes is Super 35 APS-C. 4K 3840 by 2160 and 1080p at 1920 by 1080. For fast and slow motion support, slow motion only, the gamma curve is HDR-HLG. Recording limits, there are none for video. Broadcast output is NTSC and PAL. IP streaming, no. Built-in microphone type, stereo. Audio recording, two-channel, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, LPCM audio. Now, for interface, we have media memory card slots. Slot 1 is a CF Express Type B and capable of XQD as well. Slot 2 is SD, SDHC, SDXC, UHS-2. For video input output, we have one HDMI output. For audio input output, we have one by one eighth or 3.5 millimeter TRS stereo headphone input and ones of the same size TRS stereo microphone input output. For power input output, we have one USB-C input. For other input outputs, we have another USB-C that's data output only. And we have one Nikon 10 pin control input. Now, for wireless capabilities, it has 2.4 and 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi at 802.11 B and G. It's also capable of 802.11 N and 802.11 AC, as well as Bluetooth. Mobile app compatible, yes, for Android and iOS. The app name is SnapBridge. And as of May 2023, check with the manufacturer of the most up-to-date compatibility. Now, as far as GPS, there are there is no GPS chip in this body. The monitor size is 3.2 inches and the resolution is 2,100,000 dot. The display type is a four axis tilting touchscreen and the secondary display on top is just a status display. Now, for the viewfinder type, we have electronic OLED. The size is 0.5 inches and the resolution is 3.69 million dots. The eye point is 23 millimeters. The coverage is 100%. Magnification is approximately 0.8 times. And the diopter adjustment goes from minus 4 to plus 3. Now for focus type, we have auto and manual focus, focus mode, continuous servo AF, manual focus, and single servo AF. 
For autofocus points for photo and video, it is phase detection with 493 points. And the autofocus sensitivity is minus 9 to plus 19 EV. Now I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so for flash, there is no built-in flash, of course. Flash modes, it has first curtain sync, off, rear sync, red eye reduction, slow sync, slow sync slash red eye reduction. For maximum sync speed, you have one two hundredth of a second. Flash compensation, you have minus three to plus one EV and one third or one half EV steps. Dedicated flash system is ITTL and the external flash connection is hot shoe. Now, as far as environmental variables, operating temperature is 14 degrees to 104 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 10 to 40 degrees Celsius and operating humidity of zero to 85%. Now, for the general information, the battery type is 1 times ENEL15C rechargeable lithium ion, 7 volts DC with 2280 milliamps per hour or approximately 340 shots. Now, the tripod mounting thread is 1 quarter 20 female on the bottom. The accessory mount is 1 times hot shoe mount on camera body. The material of construction is magnesium alloy. And the dimensions of the camera are 5.7 by 4.7 by 3.3 inches or 144 by 118.5 times 83 millimeters. And the weight is 1.8 pounds or 820 grams body only or 2 pounds 910 grams with the battery and memory cards installed. So those are all of the major specs for the Z8. And as you can see, it has a lot, if not most all of the same capabilities of the Z9. Again, at $1,500 less, this body sells for $4,000, where the Z9 sells for $5,500. So it's all pretty much the same tech. Now, if you add on the optional battery grip, then you end up with a body that is actually a little bit larger than the Z9. And you also get a bit closer to the Z9's price tag. So at that point, you might as well just buy the Z9. But then again, maybe you're like me and you want flexibility of being uh, able to have something as capable as the Z9, but can be smaller and lighter when you need it to be. So maybe the Z8 is a better choice for you, even if you purchase the battery grip to use on occasion which is something I do do with my bodies. I frequently have the battery grips, but I just don't use it all the time. Now, with the release of the Nikon Z8, many Nikon shooters feel that they finally have a successor to the highly successful D850 DSLR from years ago. Now, although I do not shoot Nikon myself, I have a lot of photography friends that do, and many of them owned multiple D850s. And it was because that DSLR was one of the best cameras ever made. 
Now, there are actually shooters out there that would buy D850s, shoot with them until they wore them out, and then they'd buy even more D850s. And some of my friends that shoot Nikon love the body so much that even after they switched to Nikon Z mirrorless, they still kept their D850s to shoot with on occasion or just for the nostalgia factor, you know, so they could gaze at it fondly sitting on their shelf every once in a while. And I can't blame them. Like I said, the D850 was one heck of a workhorse camera and was hands down one of the best DSLRs, if not the best that was ever made. So now the Nikon Z shooters have its successor in the mirrorless world with the Nikon Z8 camera. A very, very capable and widely popular camera body as of right now, and rightly so. Now, wrapping up this episode, I've been thinking about switching out the show a bit and cutting it back to only one episode per week. Now, the reason I, I'm looking at doing this is because, to be honest, it's just too hard to do two episodes of the show per week, along with two episodes a week of my, on my YouTube channel. It just It's getting to be a little bit too much. And then with my day job and all the other things I got going on, um, it's just a little bit too much. So I'm thinking about after this Sunday... I won't do two episodes a week anymore. I will just do one episode each week on Thursday. And maybe what I'll do is similar to what Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes do in their show, Photobomb, which is ending this month, just so you know. Um, they do their banter for 20 to 30 minutes, and then they do another 15 to 30 minutes of photography news. So I'm thinking I might do something like that, where the Thursday episode, I will talk about whatever topic I want to talk about, and then I'll do a segment of photography news and maybe even throw in a few photography rumors now and then. We'll, we'll just have to see. We'll play it by ear and see how things are going. So in this new format, for the news stories, I'll just give you a summary of what the story is about, and then I'll give you my thoughts on that particular news or rumor story. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap episode 362 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. If you're not currently a subscriber to the show, why not? It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything but a second of your time to hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcatching app. 
Also, be sure to stop by the Land Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications, especially the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos release. And like I said, I'll be doing another contest in the near future. I'll probably have another one again before the summer is over or maybe at the tail end of summer into the fall. And we'll switch out the prize and see if we get more entries at that time. Maybe we'll do a gift card or something like that so that the prize is more inclusive of everybody in my audience. All right, that's it, folks. I will see you again on Sunday.